time for the latest in sports debate. The hottest topics, the biggest question marks, answered right now. This is The Critical Eye with Erie Sports Now's Isaac Petcash. Free agency season is finally upon us, and even though we are through mostly the winter sports season, things never stop. The grind doesn't ever end, and that's why we're back here with a vengeance on the Critical Eye podcast. This is another weekly edition with Jovan Johnson, John Leidick joining us in the Happy 927 studios, broadcasting inside the Erie News Now building. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you might get your podcasts. Welcome in. Glad you're joining us. Uh, if you've been living under a rock the last 48 hours, you've missed a bunch. A lot of free agent signings, few trades, and the landscape of the NFL really changing in a big way. But let's start with this. We'll break down all the local teams. I want to begin with this. You know, a few podcasts ago, a couple months ago, Jovan, you, Joe, and I, and I think John, too, sat in a room and we all said... You know, eventually the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to pay for not having a succession plan to Ben Roethlisberger, right? I mean, the guy was 39 years old. Um, I, I know he's your reverend in Pittsburgh, but at some point down the line, whether it was three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, you had to think that there was some sort, there had to be some sort of an idea by Kevin Colbert as to we got to start thinking about how we can get rid of the Roethlisberger era and usher in someone new. And I think yesterday indicated to me that Pittsburgh had never, never thought about what life after Ben Roethlisberger was. The biggest move for arguably the three local teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers signed former Chicago Bears starter and Buffalo Bill backup Mitch Trubisky to a two-year contract, 14 and a quarter million dollars. And here's here's where I think the frustrating thing is for Steeler fans. It's not that you didn't get Aaron Rodgers. It's not that you couldn't pawn off Russell Wilson, because I think we, we all know that that was unlikely to happen. But when you settle for easy bait, when you allow yourself to be mediocre in a conference that has really started to shape up as a dramatically excellent conference it shows to me like number one you're ill-prepared and number two there's a really big problem in terms of evaluating talent i'll start with you on this jovan Steelers signed mitch trubisky to a two-year contract he's likely going to be the starter what do you make of this i mean i think it was a plan that they're looking for a guy to just kind of get them through a year or two um, I don't think it's a long-term investment. Um, you could just tell by the dollar amount that they signed him to. But they're looking at Mitch Trubisky as being a guy who has starting quarterback experience in the NFL. Um, you know, he, he played well at times, but I just don't see him being the future of the Steelers organization. And, you know, to your point of how well that their conference is now built with the quarterbacks that they have at the helm – the Browns are looking to make a move with Baker Mayfield right now um, with Deshaun Watson coming in to visit them today, which could be a potentially big move if the Browns were able to trade Baker Mayfield away and get Deshaun Watson. Um, they still have some moves to make. But for the Steelers, I just think it's a year or two plan that they're they're trying to see how it works out and pans out. But 
Um, it's not a long-term investment, and it didn't really cost them that much money. I, 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 I dread giving the mic over to John Lineker, <laughs> who's, who's laughing about this. I just, it, it just seems to me like this is a, a scared move. It's a quick fix. And the, the frustrating thing is we, we've seen in the last couple of weeks how good the AFC has gotten, right? The, the LA Chargers and the number of moves they've made to get better on defense. Russell Wilson coming to Denver. You know, Joe Burrow getting to a Super Bowl. And then you've got the likes of Patrick Mahomes and Derek Carr and Justin Herbert and all of those guys. I mean, you have to know that this is an offensive conference, right? So so why settle for something less than what you can go out and get? Didn't we just see this a year ago with New England? I mean, n- not to bring up the Patriots, but like I think the Steelers are, are in a way, they won't outwardly say it, but they're admitting that they're going to take a young quarterback in round one, and they're going to take this year to revamp their roster. Look at where they've else elsewhere added to this team. You add a guy in James Daniels on the offensive line. Mason Cole, you know, a depth guy, but a guy that has starting ability. You don't have to rely on Kendrick Green. We'll see what they do with rounds two and three. But I think this is the Steelers not going and splurging like you see teams like Jacksonville doing that feel that they can they can fix every need with, you know, a couple of free agent signings. And I think this is the Steelers setting up to take a guy like Malik Willis, you have Mason and, and, and uh, Mitch Trubisky battle it out, and they let a guy like Willis understand the offense, get comfortable with Matt Canada, and set up for a big year next year. I, that's the way I look at it. That may not be the case, obviously, with guys like veterans uh, like uh, Cam Hayward that you want to take a year to reset a roster, but that's the way I kind of looked at it. You think Pittsburgh is still in the market to draft a quarterback? Because, I mean, I had the same thoughts. I mean, I, I think we all agree that Mitch Trubisky is not the, the future of this team. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh giving a re- restricted free agent tender to Dwayne Haskins. Um, Jovan, if they're going to go after somebody in the draft, John mentioned Malik Willis. I think Kenny Pickett's a strong option, too. They might have to trade up to get a guy like that. Who knows if they would. Is there a quarterback in this draft, if you're Pittsburgh, that realistically you could look at and say, we can draft him at 20 and we can develop him? I mean, there's a couple guys that I like. You know, I like Corral from Ole Miss. I think he's one of those guys that has a winning mentality, big arm, uh, could do it all. Um, but I think they're right now set on a guy like Malik Willis because of his athletic ability and the ability to, to throw the ball down the field, a very strong arm, uh, a guy that kind of had success at the level that he played at and was just outright one of the best players on the field every every Saturday. So, um, you know, Kenny Pickett is right there home, right in home for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been around the organization since he's been in college. Um, so it would be a natural adjustment for him to just move over one building and, and be able to take over the organization. But, I mean, it, it. they didn't invest much in a quarterback, and I think that does set them up for uh, the draft to go get a quarterback early. Um, they may or may not get rid of a pick or two in this draft to trade up. We'll have to wait and see, but, I mean, I I do think it gives them a little bit of wiggle room for, for I mean, a year 
or so to be able to have a veteran quarterback in there. Now, what I do like for Pittsburgh, as we continue on with the other players that they've received, John mentioning this, Pittsburgh bolstering, bolstering up their offensive line. James Daniels, I think, is a great signing okay. uh, at three years at 26 and a half. He's better than what, what they've over done. The over-under on the Hawkeye uh... Uh, I was I was gonna say he was Joe, coached by the best. He, he's he's bringing in Mike Tomlin, bringing in only the best for the offensive line that that still couldn't get Mike Munchak to come back. But you know that that says a lot of itself. You know, and Shuke Sakura for re-signing as well, uh, three year, twenty nine, twenty nine and a quarter. That's really a one year deal if you look at, I at the way so they too. structured that. I mean, he they can get out of the cap very easily. You know, next what I, year. and I'm interested. I'm interested. Here's here's the thing. Um, I think this sets up really well, regardless of how Pittsburgh drafts, whether it's a quarterback or not. Listen, I think this sets up for Trubisky to potentially prove himself. I mean, I'm not saying this is your future, but you look at the offensive line. Every single player is under the age of 27 years old. Uh, You've got a couple of tackles that are at 24 and 25 years old. I mean... do you think Pittsburgh Joe Vaughn on an offensive side of the football with the offensive line, do you think they've gotten better? Do you think that they can turn that corner this year? I mean, you have to think that as an offensive lineman, you're not upgrading much from what you had at quarterback. So you know you're going to have to play really well. I mean, is this offensive line you think close to there? I think they've gotten a lot better. You know, bringing in a guy who, who like in James Daniels, that is – you know, very well seasoned, very well coached. He's a veteran, plays with an attitude. Uh, he's going to bring a lot more attitude to the to the room uh, in Pittsburgh. You know, you bring back Okafor, um, and then you know you hire an offensive line coach that uh, has been proven as that's done it for a, a quite a long time, and and Pat Meyer, um, and then you paired him up with an assistant guy uh, to make sure you have an extra set of eyes on helping those young guys develop. I think they they invested a lot uh, in their offensive line room with the coaching staff and the players that they brought in. So hopefully those guys are able to go out and and gel and and come together early um, and allow the quarterback, either Trubisky or Rudolph or whoever they end up going with, um, to have some time in the pocket. I mean, I think they have some really good weapons. Um, Running back, receivers, they have some weapons. Tight end, you know, guys that can make plays. So – you will have to see if if the succession plan of Ben Roethlisberger is is with this next generation of quarterback. I'm curious on defense. Pittsburgh still has a lot of decisions to make. Um, that John's shaking his head over there. I have no idea what he's probably looking at. Some Patriots stuff. He just saw that Shaq Mason. Shaq is, is Mason leaving, got traded to the Buccaneers New, to go New back England. with Tom Brady. Yeah, you know, he has that, a fifth that's, round pick. That's that's, that's great compensation the, for your best offensive lineman. So, well, speaking wow. of offensive line, yeah, another team that's going to need help. But on the defensive side of the football for Pittsburgh, I think the big question is: Do you re-sign Terrell Edmonds? Uh, do you keep him there? What do you do with Joe Hayden? Obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick's in that mix as well. If you're Pittsburgh, do you keep the pieces there on defense, or do you try to go find? somebody else and maybe downgrade because I think we can all agree this this pass defense was significant last year the run defense needs some help yeah and I think Montrevis Adams was a sneaky signing um you know he came in there and, and flourished um man a guy like Jordan Davis would look great in the middle of that defense oh. I think the one signing we're not talking about right now going back to the offensive side of the ball he was released earlier today how long is it before JC Treaders in a Pittsburgh Steelers uniform Ooh. I mean doesn't that just scream <laughs> going from Cleveland 
to Pittsburgh. Uh, that's yet to be seen. That's that's something I'd keep an eye on if I was a Steelers fan. I don't think you can run it back. Tremaine Edmonds, nice piece, saw some improvement. I don't know how much of an upgrade, though. Um, a guy like it was just signed here by the Jets, Jordan Whitehead. What, he would have been a nice pickup for the Steelers' secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a pit product, guy that, that tackles well. I, I think that's the biggest area is the Steelers' tackling ability under Mike Tomlin, especially in the secondary beyond Minka Fitzpatrick has really lacked. You know, Joe Hayden, great ball skills sometimes, though, in, in, in tackling, can get beat. Same thing with Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I think you take a flyer, depending on the price, with Akella Witherspoon. I think he had some showed some flashes that he can continue to develop in that secondary. I think Joe Hayden's going to price himself out of Pittsburgh. And, and, and I think you just need fresh fresh bodies. I mean, I think after a while, you know, you've seen with, with some of the guys – in New England, some of the guys in Green Bay that that if you keep running it back and it, it, it's just running your head into the wall, it, it just doesn't work. Tell that to uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and, and things like that. Uh, okay, let's let's go from the Steelers and, and let's go to the team where the to the tire fire continues. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are going to make a lot about the Cleveland Browns and the first big splash of free agency. Oh, they traded for Amari Cooper. This guy's a genius. Okay, well, let's put this into perspective. Amari Cooper is coming off the worst year of his career. Yeah, he had eight touchdowns, less than 1,000 receiving yards. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, Jarvis Landry is no longer going to be with Cleveland. He's going to be in a different uniform next year. That was your best possession wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, but Amari Cooper will make up for it. Well, who's throwing him the football? Baker Mayfield still the quarterback in Cleveland. So let's look now, guys, at the Cleveland Browns and their free agency. And we'll start with the Amari Cooper deal. I said at the end of the season last year that the Browns, to me, are a team that believes they're a lot further along than they actually are, right? I think last year we can agree they had one of the three, four most talented rosters in football. Great offensive potential. At that point, Odell Beckham was still in the Browns uniform. You had Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb in the backfield. Baker was coming off uh, a somewhat decent season. Many thought that he would improve. The defense was revamped with the likes of John Johnson coming in. Jadavian Clowney was a part of that as well. And you looked at Cleveland and you thought, man, this is a Super Bowl contender. But you look at them now, and it's a team that didn't make the playoffs. A team that's significantly underachieved against the AFC North. And a team that I think still believes that they're in a Super Bowl window when they really aren't necessarily. Was the Amari Cooper deal too overzealous for the Cleveland Browns? I know they didn't give up, up a lot for him. But in my my opinion, this Amari Cooper deal, to me, signified that Cleveland is in desperation mode and they feel like this has to be the year. Your guys' thoughts? Jovan, I'll start with you. The Amari Cooper deal to Cleveland. I think Amari Cooper is a very talented player. I I believe he's an upgrade over Jarvis Landry in his playmaking ability, but he's also very injury prone. Last year was his worst year uh, in the NFL, um, and and is yet to be determined of of how successful he'll be in Cleveland, especially with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. If they were to pull off the blockbuster deal and get Deshaun Watson and get Baker Mayfield out of Cleveland, they might have a chance to compete for the division, but they're going to need to somehow re-sign 
some of the other receivers that they have, Rashard Higgins uh, being a key piece of the puzzle. I don't think Njoku is a guy who got franchise tag, but I don't. I really don't think he's that that good of a player to help them get to Super Bowl potential. Um, but they're going to have to find another receiver to complement a guy like Amari Cooper because if they don't, teams are just going to be able to double team and take him away because they don't have anybody else that uh, can make plays. So it'll be interesting. I mean, they they can live and die on their running game. I'm hearing that they're that they have some ties to possibly bringing in Allen Robinson. That could be a, a capable number two or even number one. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see what they do, but they're going to have to rely heavily on their run game, which they like to do last year. It sounds a lot, John, to me like the Odell Beckham move a few years ago for Cleveland. Yeah, I think it's comparable. I think the, the significant factor is the fact that, I mean, the, the, the rumored and reported by Brian McFadden of CBS uh, Sports Network was Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Greg Newsom, two firsts, a second, and a fifth for Deshaun Watson. That is a Lord. package and a half. You know, I think I think the Kareem Hunt, yeah, you got to Ernest Johnson now on the tender, so. But you draft Greg Newsom, I think your secondary takes a hit. I mean, you here's the problem: you significantly upgrade a quarterback. Amari Cooper, we'll see. You've got a hit in the draft, and and I think that's the question more so for this Cleveland team. They haven't really done fantastic. I mean, Miles Garrett's developed in, but he's he's shown that he can disappear at times, but still an elite defensive player. But the likes of Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, uh, Jedrick Wills, still question marks out, especially with his health. If they don't draft well after they give up this capital, and I'm assuming the second would probably be this year, that means you're not picking to the third round. You got to hit some big time steals when you're waiting until the third round to pick. You're still going to need somebody opposite on the defensive side of uh, uh, Miles Garrett. You still lack some linebackers, especially after trading away Mac Wilson to the Patriots in the Chase Winovich swap. And then you haven't had Greedy Williams or Grant Delpit stay healthy for a full season. You may have a great offense after that. I don't know how much the defense is going to be there to complement it. Do we trust the Browns to figure it out? I mean, not to sound like Joe Joe Lenusky here, but do we do we do we think the Browns can figure it out from there? I think that's the biggest concern. You can go acquire as many guys through trades or free agency, and now losing a key locker room guy like J.C. Treader. Do you can you draft well enough? I don't know. And here's the thing. I mean, that's a good point, John. J.C. Treader uh, no longer going to be returning to the Browns. The NFLPA president renewed for another season. I think that's a big shock for Cleveland. And I think a lot of people discount the importance of an offensive line, right? I mean, if Baker Mayfield can't perform with that offensive line that the Browns had last year, how on God's green earth is he going to be able to do it with a diminished offensive line? So let's get get into this here because, again, as John talked about, there are rumors that Deshaun Watson could be considering Cleveland. I've heard Carolina. I've heard New Orleans as potential trade destinations as well. If you're the Cleveland Browns, and let me take an alternate stance to this. If I'm Kevin Stefanski and I'm standing there and I'm I'm an offensive-minded coach and rumored to have had multiple play packages that he never got to use last year because he didn't trust Mayfield. As much as I don't want to give up the future or 
defensive assets. Do I really believe, as Kevin Stefanski, that I'm going to win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield at quarterback? I mean, I understand it's a lot to give up. I realize you're going to be losing assets, and I know that you would have to crush it in the draft. But if you're the Browns, realistically, how do you compete in the AFC with Baker Mayfield? I mean, Joe Ledneski would talk about how he just needs to be a Ryan Tannehill. Well, Ryan Tannehill's team scored 16 points in a playoff loss where they committed four turnovers to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. He's sitting on his couch about the same time that Baker is. So how do you get better? How do you increase your roster's potential when you can get guys like Amari Cooper, when you franchise tag David Njoku, when you theoretically get better on defense last year? What's the one position that you haven't been able to consider a solidified position? It's quarterback. So, I mean, do any of you guys believe in this studio Cleveland can get to a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield? No, no. So why, <laughs> so, so, so why not pull the trigger and at least see what you can get out of Deshaun Watson? I think I think when if they did pull the trigger and and actually make that trade, um, I think they do have some capital that they can kind of move some pieces to be able to get a couple of those draft picks back. You know, they have a lot of guys in the secondary um, that they wasted a lot of money on that they can try to move to different locations to try to entice getting some draft picks back. Um, but they they definitely need to make a move with Baker Mayfield and, and getting him out of Cleveland because I think he does them more harm than good. Well, here's the problem, too. I mean, he can say, you know, I don't listen to the noise and this and that. You cannot tell me that Baker Mayfield has not heard all these reports oh. this offseason. How do you have a guy – I mean, the biggest thing is confidence. And, Joe Vaughn, mm-hmm. you can speak more to this. It's, it's a confidence in a quarterback – you have a guy come back now that not just Baker, but the rest of the offense and the team know now the front office and maybe the head coach doesn't have confidence in this guy to go win ball games. I, I think you're right. I think you have to make the decision, and then that's where you got to put the pressure on the GM to find those other guys to, to fill. Because here's, here's also why I say this. Let's jump a year into the future. We're sitting here in March of 2023. Cleveland's going to have to pay Baker. Not in a rookie contract anymore. You don't have the ability to be under the cap. You you don't save your team money on that rookie contract being under the cap. You're either going to have to pay Baker or let him go. And I think this quarterback class, free agency, this tradable quarterback class, we have not seen one the likes of in the last 10 decade. Uh, no, last decade, I should say. And so it's just, I mean, again, when when you look at the makeup of this team, and the frustrating part is we have not seen a Cleveland Browns roster this talented in so long. Maybe the last time they made the playoffs when you had all those rookies who stood out uh, back in 06 and 07. But I just feel like, you know, if you're the Browns, you're going to be in the same spot again next year. It's almost kind of like the Ben Roethlisberger saga, except the difference is it's not a retirement thing. It's a production thing, right? I mean, we saw Pittsburgh and where they're at now and having to get Trubisky and, and pretty much throwing a year away because they didn't have a succession plan for Ben Roethlisberger. What is the succession plan for Cleveland after Baker Mayfield if he doesn't succeed? Because, I mean, yeah, you have Amara Cooper, but 
Odell Beckham Jr. was in Cleveland. And when there were many reports out there, and we saw it on film, how Baker f- tried to force Odell the ball, and it didn't work. Odell was a deep-down-the-field receiver. Baker doesn't throw a great deep ball. So what's going to change, right? I mean, if you're Cleveland, what's going to change? You can intermix pieces, like you said. I just don't know how you can get to a Super Bowl with that guy at the helm. I mean, if they keep Baker in, in Cleveland, I think they need to go draft the quarterback extremely high. In the first round? And I wouldn't say first round, but I'd definitely say if they could get a guy like Corral or, or one of these young guys in the second round, I think they make that move. And, and if Baker's not playing well enough to begin the year or halfway through the year, then you make the move then, and then you automatically set the tone for going into 2023. So – um, I think they need to, to do something. If they can't make a trade, they're going to have to draft a quarterback, and I think that's that's where they are right now because, you know, right now they don't have the roster at quarterback to be able to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, Matt Corral's the name that popped off the board. I, Sam Howe maybe to a lesser extent, but Matt Corral seems to have that same swagger that the Cleveland fan base uh, covets and, and a guy that, that just seems like would fit Kevin Stefanski – Doing you know some of those different things that a more athletic Kirk Cousins per se, um, I think Matt Corral would fit well. But yeah, if you're Cleveland, you have a good core and now. That maybe that's taken some hits with J.C. Treader and some others that have been released or, or would be a part of this package. But I think you you can't go to, with Baker Mayfield, right? And, and I mean, I don't know. Their biggest trade destination for Baker was Tampa Bay, and now they have have their guy back again. So I. I don't know what you do with Baker. That's the other concern with Baker, too, is what team would want him, right? I mean, with one year left, you're going to eventually have to pay him. I mean, unless you trade for a a bridge quarterback, let's say – Colts? Maybe the Colts. um, Maybe the Dolphins, if you don't like Tua. Maybe the Saints. Who knows? But, I mean, again – if you're Cleveland, I think you have to move off him. I think you've given him plenty of time. He hasn't produced, and now is the time to get rid of him, go for a Deshaun Watson. All right, let's let's talk the Buffalo Bills. You know, sometimes sometimes the best girl in the room isn't the prettiest looking. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you what, I have been very impressed with what the Buffalo Bills have been doing so far in free agency, and not because they've signed the big names, but it's because of who they signed. Uh, if we go down the list here, a couple of guys I think number one are the guys that they re-signed. Uh, Mitch Morse coming back as the center, two years for $19.5 million, a huge get for Buffalo. Arguably outside of Deion Dawkins, their best offensive lineman throughout the season. And, and then you look at the other guys as well, Isaiah McKenzie coming back, I think a relatively cheap deal for $8 million. Uh, Saran Neal coming back for three more years. So... I think Buffalo, in a sense, and Brandon Bean understood one thing. We've got the pieces there, that, and we need to re-sign them before we go out and get other guys. What do you make of the people who re-sign? I know you lose Harrison Phillips, but for the majority, I think Buffalo's done a somewhat stalwart job of keeping the guys that they've had. It's important in a league like the NFL to keep the guys that you have, especially when you're contending for Super Bowl and – I think they did do an outstanding job of realizing that they had potential in certain guys and guys that stepped up to the plate. And the number one thing was to get those guys re-signing and keep those guys in the Bills uniform. I think Mitch Morse was a great signing for those guys because he's that leader up front as a center. Um, you know, and, and Deion Dawkins is an outstanding offensive lineman. They brought in Roger Saffold 
um, who was also a Pro Bowl guy. You know, they bolster their offensive line, which is which is what we talked about last year, their inability to run the football. And I think this is going to give them a more stout offensive line to be able to push the, the line of scrimmage a little bit more and be able to run the ball a little bit better. I just don't know if J.D. McKissick is the, the guy that, you know, comes in and, and runs the ball wild. I think they need a bigger running back, a guy who can be between tackles and, and be physical downhill. Um but I I do think that they're they're making the right moves with the pieces that they re-sign. I thought, you know, it was telling when Isaiah McKenzie had his press conference yesterday. He said, it didn't take much to get me back here. That sounds like those staple organizations when you hear, think of the Green Bay Packers, you hear the Pittsburgh Steelers, those guys that there's such a culture created. And that's got to be a tip of the cap to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, what they've done since taking over in 2017. I think Tim Settle is a nice, you know, clogger in the middle right next you know ed oliver is going to be the guy getting into the backfield but but tim settles a guy that that uh can kind of uh take on a couple of blockers um i I think jovan hit it right on the head you've seen roger saffold from his time when he was a guard with the uh with the la rams when they went to their first uh super bowl a couple years ago he goes to tennessee was a big part of of derrick henry's success the last two years yeah, I, I, the J.D. McKissick move, I don't know how much of, of, of a needle. I still think they need to go get a guy, whether it be, um, you know, Cook from Alabama, or not Alabama, excuse me, Georgia, um, somebody, maybe maybe a bigger body, as Jovan alluded to. I think they have the pieces, but, man, you know, they, they've learned it. You know, they've set the core, and then you add small pieces. They're, they're, they're not one of these teams going out there and making this huge splash. Now, I know they were rumored for Evan Ingram, Gronkowski, obviously, before Brady comes back, we're all assuming he's headed back to Tampa Bay. Um, you know, and I know they were in on the Marcus Williams sweepstakes, is, was what I heard before he decided to go to Baltimore. You know, they're paying their own guys, and then they're supplementing it with that in great drafting. They're doing it the right way. I mean, running back still, I think, mm-hmm. while they upgraded the offensive line probably with Saffold over Feliciano, they're still going to need to make probably one more offensive line addition to the running back room still going to be. But, but you know what I think that J.D. McKissick move indicates to me is that if you're Buffalo, <laughs> you realize what your offense is made of, right? You don't feel like you have to go out and get the big fish in, in the small pond of the running back position, and I think you could easily draft. But what does J.D. McKissick do so well that other Buffalo running backs had a tough time with? We talked about Devin Singletary, Jovan, you and I throughout the season. Get him more flat routes, some wheel routes, some mm-hmm. put him in the slot, do something. J.D. McKissick, I think, does that so well. So to John's point, Buffalo is understanding what they need to have. Um, and, and I don't necessarily know... They might draft a running back, but I don't know if that's going to be super high up on their priority list in terms of a bell cow back. I think what Buffalo's made it clear about is that they're willing to rotate in two, three guys, do what Cleveland and Pittsburgh don't do, and have multiple running backs in the field at the same time. I think McKissick could be more of a slot receiver or a or a uh, a screen short of a check down back than he would be a running back, and I think that clears the way for Devin Singletary to be able to get more carries. Yeah, I just don't think Devin Singletary is the guy. I mean, I think that in their style of offense, they need those smaller backs that can get out of the backfield and catch the ball and and do things in space. But when going gets tough and they need to get one yard, instead of putting that on the back of Josh Allen, if you had a bell cow running back that can get you a yard or two at will, 
I mean, I think that's something that they need. And I think that even if you have one, even if you draft one in the fourth round or fifth round or or whenever you get one, you know, maybe they find some stock in getting a bigger guy that can run between the tackles. I think it's just going to help them be a better team. Can you imagine Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State on this team? I mean, I think that would be the final piece to, to a Super Bowl tie. I mean, that – I mean, that would be that, that would and, be and talk amazing. About, talk about a guy too, by the way, that is a chip on his shoulder. A guy who was arguably the favorite for the Heisman for eight weeks and then just dropped off a map. Yeah, I mean, you think you look at look at again. Take those for I always preface this with take it what it is. Mock drafts have the Bills taking a wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade back, gain some capital out of the round one, and and take a guy in the running back room and get an offensive lineman in round two. If you can pick up a second two, you can fill two needs right there. Kenneth Walker, <laughs> that's yeah, my it, guy right there. Nobody, nobody's gonna. I mean, running back is so dime a dozen now in the NFL. I don't think nobody's really moving up to take a running back. So you can get a guy like Kenneth Walker in the second round, and and that be a steal of the draft, in my opinion. To to a team like Buffalo that's already established and have all the pieces to the puzzle, and they just need to slide that one running back in there that can get them three, four yards of carry. That that would be amazing for Buffalo and I, their fans. I Go think ahead. if Buffalo's looking in round one, you're either going offensive lineman if one of those those mm-hmm. big offensive linemen slip, or you're trading out, or the the third option would be for me is taking a corner to go opposite opposite of Tredavious White if they're not gonna go spend that in free agency. I think that would be those are the positions that you really can value. Yeah, in and round again, one. remember that's another big thing too. Buffalo gets Tredavious White back, uh, who missed a significant portion of the season would last year with an injury in the, in the playoff game. Uh, so I mean, again, it, he, talk so about it's squibbing the football. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So it not putting your corners thirty yards down back guarding the sideline. But hey, Leslie Frazier uh, learns one thing or two. Uh, but yeah, man, I'll tell you what, Buffalo. If they're not your Super Bowl favorites, they're 1A or 1B because they are up there. Uh, the signings, again, critical. I think they might make one or two more, uh, but that's going to be key uh, for Buffalo as well. Do want to mention uh, right now, uh, if you're Pittsburgh, uh, Brian Balaga just got released by these uh, L.A. Chargers. So if you need a right tackle or you feel like you need a left tackle or an offensive lineman, New England needs one too. John's okay. raising his hand. Uh, that guy is somebody who you might want to sign, arguably the Chargers' best asset on the O-line. They had to get rid of him because the Chargers got everybody else. Guys, is there a team that you think in free agency has not necessarily been the most aggressive but has upgraded the most one team that you think oh my goodness they're going for it this year how do you not say the chargers Chargers. i mean you know again you you go pay big money for for jc jackson but it doesn't that scream what the team that shares the same city did they went and got jalen ramsey i i don't i would not compare jc jackson quite yet to Jalen Ramsey, but you get a, a guy that's that's pending an elite corner. You get the pass rushing help to go a la, you know, you had Aaron Donald and Von Miller. You have Joe, Joey Bosa. Yeah, I had to think about that. Joey Bosa, and now you have Khalil Mack. You got the linebacker and Kenneth Murray a couple of years ago out of Oklahoma, and, and you got the weapons for sure on offense. Um, boy, oh boy. I mean, this Chargers team's maybe another alignment away as they continue that reshuffle there. Tight end would be the big question mark still for me. And there's still some quality tight ends out there that I don't – that's the one position nobody's talked about. Again, some of them went back. You had Ingram move on. You had uh, – you have Gronkowski presumably going back to Tampa Bay. Um, Zach Ertz went back to Arizona. But there's still a couple of guys out there that, that would not be a bad addition. I think the Chargers so far – 
for a team, you don't like to usually go spend a bunch of money in free agency and see a lot of success. You see some success. I would say the Chargers so far. I think the Chargers as well. I, I just think they made the right moves. I mean, I don't agree with the amount of money they gave J.C. Jackson, but you know he is a, a upcoming elite guy at the corner position, and, and he can really play and make a lot of plays on the football. I think they have a roster that fits everything that they are trying to do and you know I I think they they made the right signings and um it'll be interesting to with Tom Brady coming back to to, to Tampa Bay to see how things shake out but I I do think the Chargers made the right picks and and the Bills as well. Is that because JC Jackson's a Maryland guy that you don't agree with all the money? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, big, I don't. I don't 10, mind. The Big Ten is not okay for Joe Bond unless it's I love Iowa. Big in which case, no, I love the Big Ten. Two teams and, and Steelers and Browns fans are not going to want to hear this. They're incomplete right now, but I would say with the guard additions, Ted Karras, a very a reasonable backup, and then you go get Alex Kappa for the Buccaneers. The Bengals have made some big improvements, and the Ravens doing what they do well, finding elite safeties to put on the back end of their defense. If they can get both Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey back, you now add in Marcus Williams out of the Saints. That is going to be a heck of a secondary to try and compete with all these weapons that have been added also, at quarterback. Also remember, too, who are the two two of the best teams that draft in the in the NFL? Is, is Baltimore, and we've seen Cincinnati now draft well, really well in, in the last couple of years. Not to mention Baltimore gets two or three running backs back off yeah. the <laughs> that weren't available to them this year. Speaking, and a healthy speaking Lamar Jackson. Speaking and of Big Ten Lamar bell cows, yeah, J.K. Dobbins comes back. Yeah, you get J.K. A, back. You get some really good players coming back off the of injury for Baltimore. If only they can figure the wide receiver position out. It might be. Well, heck, they may not need to. I mean, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the best running back that played quarterback in all of the NFL. I think that's the one thing we're seeing, too. The number of moves the AFC has made in this offseason, I mean, I think another team, too, who knows how good they're going to be. The Jacksonville Jaguars have acquired just about every single reject and, and mid-level <laughs> player out there. I mean, look at the offensive side. They've given $96 million between Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. They get Cam Robinson. They franchise tag. They get Brandon Sheriff up for a three-year $49 million deal. So, I mean, the I think you're starting to see a significant power advantage in the AFC. And I think as we circle back here and finish this up, I think that to me is why if you're Pittsburgh, the Trubisky deal doesn't sound wonderful. If you're Cleveland, not trading for Deshaun Watson yet doesn't sound wonderful. You're going to be playing a hellscape of a schedule, no matter who you play in the AFC. If you're one of those teams, you look at Cleveland's schedule, you look at Pittsburgh's schedule. First of all, you got to play teams in your division, right? So if you're Pittsburgh, okay, you get the Browns twice. You got to play the defending Super Bowl runner up twice. You got to play Baltimore twice with that great defense. And oh, by the way, you go and play teams from the AFC West. There's no easy out with that. The AFC <laughs> South, Jacksonville traded for everyone and their mother, and Indianapolis has a great defense. Oh, by the way, Tennessee's got a healthy Derrick Henry coming back. I just think that, you know, when you look at these teams like Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and even Buffalo, you're going to be forced, I think, to make some moves or draft something really high if you want to contend, which I think is what both these teams want to do. Yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers got an uphill battle. I mean, just in their division alone, the Browns as well. I mean, if they don't go out and get Deshaun Watson, I just think you basically are saying that you don't even want to win this year because Baker Mayfield's not going to win them anything. Um, but the AFC is taking over as being probably the best division in football because of all the great quarterbacks that they have in the division. 
some of their divisions are the best in football, let alone, you know, the whole division in itself. Uh, there's just a lot of great players that are in the AFC right now, and, and it's going to be a very, very, very competitive market to contend in. So there's teams like Buffalo, and, and them, they're going to have to be ready to go uh, and on every Sunday or Monday or whatever, whenever they play, they're going to have to be ready to go because on any given Sunday you can lose in, in this division. Yeah, I, I think it's hard. I, I want to be first to make a mark on here. Patriots are going to be five and twelve next year. Five and twelve. Five and twelve. <laughs> what a homer pick. Five and twelve. What a homer pick. So, so what you're telling me is that when they're nine and five halfway through the year and they're contending for the number, you know, three or two or three seed in the AFC. No. But, five, but, five and twelve. Five and twelve. will be picking in the top ten of the draft. Well, here's the wonderful thing: Pittsburgh will be one spot ahead of them at four and thirteen. Well, that may be a possibility, but I think uh, I want to make that known first. Um, yeah, I man, is it going to be fun in the AFC next year? If you're the NFC though, like like everybody's like, I, I don't know if you were no surprised. Tom Brady came back. Yeah, like oh, like other word. than the Packers and the Rams, who I mean, pending where Deshaun Watson goes, it seems everybody in the AFC South is interested in him. Who's competing? I mean, like literally the AFC. If you win the NFC, you may be one of the the least battered teams because the playoff. I mean, the AFC is going to eat itself alive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's it's very possible that the number one seed in the AFC could have five or six losses after this after next season, maybe even seven. I mean, that's how crazy it's going to be, Jovan. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, a highly competitive division where you have to see all these really good teams. Like I said, you could win on any given Sunday, so you're going to have to be ready to play. And the NFC, those guys are going to they're going to compete. They're, this NFL, you know, these guys get paid a lot of money to go out and. and Excel, but you know, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, maybe Dallas, Dak Prescott. Um, you know, the, the NFC is very thin as far as who you can pick out of those teams that go represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Everyone wonders why Carson Wentz was so excited to go to Washington. <laughs> Doesn't have much competition to play. I mean, when when you're taking when you're taking on the the Daniel Joneses of the world and uh, you know Dak Prescott that underachieves on a national stage. Yeah, I get it. One last question whoa. for you guys. Whoa, 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 whoa! I was Before going. I was go. about to ask what's the next big move that happens, but I think John Laddick has some breaking news. Pittsburgh Steelers agree to a two-year deal worth eight million with Bills cornerback Levi Wall. Oh, so Pittsburgh upgrades in the secondary. Potentially. I, I like him. I mean, I like him. I don't think he's a very – I mean, he's not an upgrade. I think Joe, Hay, Joe Hayden is a better player, but he's younger. He's cheaper. You know, we'll see what he does. I, I think he, he could be a guy that can go out and hold his Well, own. does that mean Terrell Edmonds is gone? Well, this, this is a corner. I, I mean, Edmonds would be coming back as a safety, well, right? Still, but still, I mean, you you only have so much cap room. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers haven't really broke the bank, I think, with, I mean, Mitch's contract's, what, seven a year? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, according to Mary Kate Cabot, Baker Mayfield won't be a part of the Browns' offer for Deshaun Watson, but he could be gone even if the trade does happen. How about that? Well, um, Pittsburgh at least trying to upgrade on the defensive end. I mean, they, hey. They did bring back Arthur Millette, too, they did. for a two-year deal, so... I mean, I mean, he's a guy that can play. Corner. But is anybody like these are sneaky signings by the Steelers? Like, I mean, Levi Wall. I mean, I'm not saying this guy's going to become you know Stephon Gilmore here, but like, <laughs> like I mean, <laughs> Levi right. Wallace was a good good player. I mean, he was counted upon last year once uh, Tre'Davious White went down, and then Dane Jackson had to fill into that. I mean, like I think that's a very legitimate signing. The Pittsburgh Steelers I, I should like be. That. I like that pick. I think I think he's a guy that can come in. 
He's experienced. He knows the game. He's really good technically. Uh, he's a guy that could come in and, and be amazing player for the Steelers. And they didn't have to pay him that much. I no. mean, what more could you ask That's for? That's been the big thing is the fact that you keep your contracts. So I think with Pittsburgh and Buffalo, we've seen both teams. I mean, they're not signing guys short of Amara Cooper. They're not signing guys to big deals. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting part is a lot of these deals, you see them as three-year deals. They're probably two-year deals. Levi Wallace is probably a straight two-year deal. That's setting things up, though. You're getting these core pieces in before you go get a quarterback. Right. Just well, putting that out there. Who knows? Uh, maybe the Steelers are 5-12 and 12 next year. I give them one extra win. They'll be on even par with New England uh, and probably Jacksonville, who will have everyone injured at the beginning of the year. Okay, that's our show for today. What a start to free agency. What a job by our guys here in the studio breaking it down. Joe, John Lydic, Joe Vaughn Johnson. Next week, we've got more. We'll wrap up the winter sports season, talk spring, talk draft. Not that far away, just about six weeks away from the excitement in Las Vegas, and we've got it all for you. Critical Eye comes back next week. Until then, everybody, enjoy the 70-degree weather that's coming on Thursday. Peace out. See you next week.